This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Southy. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's uh, Roscoe, still in COVID protocol, joined by Bean and fanalist Steph. How's it going? Good. Great. I mean, we came back. Huge comeback tonight, and um, I'm feeling it better. It was three one. <laughs> yeah, it was three one. They they leafed it. Did they leaf it? Uh, they they leafed it for a bit. I'm gonna sound like JD Bunkus for a second. Say that the Leafs looked really crappy for the first two periods. Mm-hmm. Man, every single pass that they attempted to make, either Detroit just read it perfectly and was there picking it off, or the Leafs were not executing their passes. It was. It was pretty brutal for a while. Detroit was all over them for, I mean, we can pretty much just cover the whole first two periods as a whole because, yeah, it was was much of the same for 40 minutes. Uh, Leafs couldn't get anything done. It was hard to watch. Um, Detroit was all over them. They were just smothering them. And, man, like Bean said, the passes weren't going and nobody seemed to be on their game. I don't know what to, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I was expecting more of that out of the Leafs, especially since they're supposed to be the rested team. And um, the Red Wings just came off a shootout win against the Pens last night. And Mrazek, of course, is in net facing his old team that he spent six seasons with. So I was hoping for better numbers from Mrazek and putting on a show. But I mean, this is his sixth game of the season as well. So... I'm glad they put him in tonight so that he dips his toes into the water for Tuesday's game. Yeah, because we can't have him Campbell playing back to back. No matter how Morazic plays, like we just—he's a backup for a reason. They, you know, he's got to play. Yeah. Well, especially with the upcoming schedule in February, <laughs> like we need to spread it out more. We need to give Campbell as much rest as we can get him. Mm-hmm. And good on Morazic. These. These type of games are horrible for goalies, like just absolutely horrible. And he stuck in there. He he battled it. He had a short memory and all game just continued battling and battling. Yeah, you'd think it was overtime uh, game with the amount of shots there were. It was like, I mean, over 30 on both sides is crazy for any goalie to have to handle. But uh, really early on in the game, we had a move that I keep commenting on where Riley pinches up with the forwards. It's, you know, it's 0-0. It's the beginning of the game. I like pick your time for this. Like when you want to jump in with the rest, I get it works a lot of the time. That's why he's the, you know, he's tied with Adam Fox now for even strength points. There's a reason for that. I get it, but he pinches up, gets caught off guard and Nemestikov uh, grabs it, spins it over to Larkin and it's one, nothing very quickly. Yeah. Too quick for my liking. And a part of me is kind of like, okay, it happened. Shake it off, push forward and build from this point but uh it was tough to watch that first period uh i'm all for riley jumping up on the play but i swear i saw him and uh brody almost collide at one point and it seems like they were out of position a lot of the time in the first two periods anyways the only thing with that is like that's how the leafs have been succeeding this year right like when they're most dangerous, they're almost playing kind of like a Colorado. Like, as you said, at one point, Riley was behind the net, almost hit Brody. Brody came out in front, who was on the point. Yeah. But with Riley, with Brody, with Sandine, Lilligren, 
as much as I dislike it, Hall, all these guys like to continue to push the pace. So it, it only confuses the hell out of the defense because you don't know who's coming. You lose your positioning, you lose your player, and that's how people get open, right? So yeah, it you got you to gotta take the good with the bad. For sure. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just to, to move it on, like the, something that doesn't happen much for the Leafs is lucky bounces, uh, especially when they're behind. But galloping uh, from the jungle again. <laughs> Still the, haven't uh, got that uh, sound figured out yet, eh? What? Tell me what sound a giraffe makes. Like, like literally, tell me what sound a giraffe makes, and I will try to imitate it. I have no exactly. idea. So for now, it's just galloping. <laughs> Although I don't, I don't know if I can ever see Engvall do anything and not instantly think of Steph. <laughs> so uh, Giraffe mm-hmm. takes one off his uh, knee that, uh, if we're going um, anatomically correct, would it be about? Uh, would probably be a high stick because Giraffe's yeah. knee would be <laughs> a little bit over top of the net. But nonetheless, it counts, and it's tied. Uh, I mean, I'll take it. Like it was a garbage period for the leaves so i mean any anything lucky like that we never get it so we'll take it yeah so happy for ingvall especially with his uh fifth point in the last five games uh yeah, dude's on fire. these are the type yeah and these are the types of games when your top two lines are not producing you expect those bottom two lines to come through and I got to say, though, uh, ingvall and spezza tonight uh, they connected a few times and they were looking deadly yeah, especially after Spezza was, you know, candid in saying that their line hasn't really been clicking. They've not been producing the way that they want to. So it's nice to see that from tonight. And I apologize. My head is I'm on a lot of cold meds right now. So I'm a little spacey no and slow. So uh, please, yeah, bear with me. This has been a, an interesting couple days fighting this. This is just no joke, well, man. Then you, you also look at... Um, Sorry to kind of just completely change the topic on you there, Johnny. Um, you look at the last couple of games too, and Keith was definitely not happy with the fourth fourth line lately due to their ice time. Like they've all been playing under ten minutes for the last handful mm-hmm. of games. So for them to come out and get a goal essentially right away, especially after that early goal on on Mrazek, mm-hmm. I think it was it was good. It got them some extra ice time, um, like. Spezza was up over 10. Simmons was still under 10. Engvall was almost 11 minutes again. So it, it, it helped spread everything out a little bit more because Keefe was com- comfortable with them right off the hop. Yeah, Spezza almost had one too on a little tip-in, uh, on a just late pass in front of the net there. Maybe if he'd had it a second earlier. To, uh, but nah. Um, so second period, Domestikov scores. And uh, this one didn't look good on Mrazek. This is kind of where everybody started to turn on him, I think, in the Twitterverse. And we're like... Oh, can we have Jack back? <laughs> and then immediately after Bertuzzi scores, um, and this game just started deflating real quick to three one. Yeah, bad turnover by uh, Brody in the neutral zone on that Bertuzzi goal. Um, I don't know. Tonight did not look good for Brody to me. Um, this is the first time I kind of noticed him in a negative way. Unfortunately, uh, usually this guy we don't notice them that much because he's doing all the right things, but. I don't know. The Leafs were just so sloppy and not playing like the way they should. But is it because Keith is juggling these lines too, too much? Like, are they are these lines getting a chance to click? I don't know. 
I mean, it's hard to say after the first time of playing them, but I do think that Marner and Matthews were playing uh, worse defensively than they usually do. I think that contributes yeah. a lot to how the whole team looks defensively. I mean, when you lose that many center ice uh, battles and, you know, you're letting all those turnovers happen, I think it, it's a lot more noticeable on the defense. And I don't think, like you said, Brody, and I don't think Riley played well defensively tonight either. I think he played well in the offensive zone like he has normally, but I think defensively um, was, yeah, not great. Um, Hall and Sandine, though, uh, I think is an interesting combo that I don't hate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, sorry, Steph. Um, I wouldn't have thought to put them together Me neither, in a million um, years. Yeah. It, it, I, I don't know who in, 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 in the construct of the team who in their minds thinks they are the alpha on that pairing. But in my mind, it would have to be Sandine mm-hmm. and, he definitely looked like it. someone at least pulled him aside and said, hey, we need you. I was very impressed with him tonight, um, and even Lilligren, after the scare of him possibly being concussed last game. Mm-hmm. And he comes out, and he was all over the place tonight. I think both both the young Swedes had a great game tonight. I agree. And speaking about uh, what could have been an injury, that first period when Mikheyev got hit in the hand with the puck had oh, me a little scared oh, there. That one I was, him. yeah. And he, he showed his frustration on the bench, slamming his stick because he knew like he can't really afford to lose any more games. This guy hasn't given himself a chance. And of course, it's not his fault, but I'm so glad he came back to the second though healthy. Yeah. And uh, to bring it back to Justin Hall, I mean, he had a nice shot from the point, which uh, Bunting tipped for his first of the night, buddy. Just that, oh, the hands on this guy. He's so good in front of the net. Yes. This is what you need. Somebody who's annoying, who gets in the face of everybody, who after the whistle, everyone just wants to get a piece of him. Like, oh, that's what we've been missing. Mikey Mikey Bunts. Bunts it out of the air. Yeah, I know last episode we were trying to come up with a different name other than Rat for Bunting because he reminds us of Marshan a little. And then uh, Sarah proposed uh, Mozzie, which is a term for mosquito in Australia. And I totally agree. (laughs) He is like a Mozzie. He's just annoying as hell. He just bites you when you least expect it. And it stings for a, a while or it's itchy or it's just annoying. So... I I live in Muskoka. Yeah, he's the mozzie of the team. That's amazing. I love that. Um, So after Bunting makes it, uh, what's that, three to two, start to come back. Larkin with a power play goal, uh, extending the Red Wings lead to four to two, unfortunately. So Leafs, when they get a little glimpse of coming back in a second there, just gets stripped away. And uh, just to end the period off there... Bunting with a little uh, little altercation in front of the net. <laughs> I don't know what really started it. They cut away to a, uh, a replay, and then they came back, and there was a fight, and the two people were on the, on the ice. It was like, wait, what did we miss here? Like, they, they cut away from it too early. I was kind of mad. Yeah, so they ended up, they did end up showing it again. As Bunting was coming around, he was kind of going down to try to get the pass, and Larkin was kind of reaching up to try to, knock into him and Larkin's hand whether or not the butt end of a stick got him I doubt it but at least his hand kind of forearm area got bunting right in the face Mm -hmm. and so that's why he went down 
and then it just it sparked from there. Yeah, but then Matthews was even pushing Cider for a minute, and then Dermot stepped in, and, and somehow Dermot and Nemesnikov each go for two minutes. I don't know what Dermot. I, I mean, it was probably roughing, but like I don't know how mm-hmm. they figure out who to give penalties to there. But we start the third period yeah. off four on four. <laughs> but speaking of the second period, I just want to mention. The one thing that's obviously going to always trigger me is that too many men on the ice penalty. Oh, oh too many God. leaves on the ice. Too many leaves on the ice, of course. And it's in that moment where the leaves are trying to come back, but then they do something like that. And you're just like, no, and start flipping a- tables. This one, though, was questionable, though, because the sixth person wasn't in the play. They were going towards the bench. Like, I don't know. I yeah. guess you could call it too many, but. I'd say like three out of four refs wouldn't. So, yeah, yeah. Nylander trying to get off, Hall's in the way, and whistle blows, and <laughs> that's about it. But, yeah, so uh, third period, Bunting steps up to the plate, bats another one, and this one was ridiculous. Like his little, he spun and just reached around, uh, um, oh my God, Delkovich, and yep. just. <laughs> Sorry, there's too many names and my head is not good. So too many syllables. Reach, <laughs> reaches around and just slaps that one down. That was beautiful for Bunting's second of the night. Buddy, let's go. Yes. Let's go, Muzzy. Oh, so beautiful. And this was off a Matthew shot from near the point. And I like that he was able to put the stick down on the ice, flick the puck up, like tipped it up, and then was able to lacrosse scoop it out from in front of him and into the net it was it was was so nice oh but career high at this point 11 goals so even with riley oh sorry i want to say um not career high but i just want to say um when riley scored or uh, assisted off that first goal i mean we're not even halfway through the the season and he's already at 30 assists so wild it's it's been a good year for Riley. Hey, he is having a great year after signing that contract. Like that, a lot of the the Leafs have kind of gone into a, we'll say contract slump or um, expectation slump after they've signed. Mm-hmm. But he's just been coming out hot. Love it for a uh, discount. It's a nice change. It is. And uh, speaking of a nice change, Michael Bunting was third <laughs> off a of beautiful yes. play from uh, JT. Just. Getting that open puck to him, and uh, yeah, it buries one right in front of the net. It's a second career hat trick, first with the Leafs. Yeah, beautiful for JT to get it off the boards, and I think it was Marner who was super tight in front, and and Bunting was like two feet ahead, and perfect pass right on the stick in, and oh, so happy for the kid, especially on a hockey night in Canada, hometown hero for the Scarborough kid. So, first time in history since they've started doing the hometown hero yes oh nice that a player that a player from that hometown has a hat love that love it so that ties it up at four after the leafs played an abysmal period and a half or two periods however you want to look at the first two um it's tied baby like (laughs) there were people that turned this off at three to one uh, but now yeah. we get to say it was three to one, and it was four to two, and then it was four four, and then Sandine scored his first NHL goal, and it was five four, and the Leafs took the lead. Yeah, the Sandine goal was the perfect 
extra passing opportunity. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, like, the this game, the Leafs made one, two, three, four too many pretty plays in the first and second period. And then finally, that extra pass pays off straight to Sandine, right into an open cage. The last person on the regular Leafs roster to finally score their goal. Now everyone has goals, so it was perfect. And we mentioned it. How many spinoramas were there in the first two periods? Like Brody yes. had one and there was Mikheyev had one and Marner did. It's like, guys, stop spinning around and just set up a proper play <laughs> and put the pressure on. You were a much better team <laughs> than the freaking Detroit Red Wings. Ugh. Yeah. And uh, but how what about, about Marner uh, not passing on a two on oh or two on one there? Ugh. He took the shot. Hey, I like that. I, that's what I was going to say. I like that. It's like the least expected thing out of him that's what you want to do catch the bully off guard it was uh Ma- matthew's original line with kashe and um what was the play kashe took the extra pass which would have ended up in the net it's like they kept looking for matthews right and then it was too yeah. expected it's like they kept trying to find matthews and then finally they juggled the lines even more and more and ah love it so Getting desperate, the Detroit Red Wings, even though they are shorthanded, <laughs> pull the goalie. <laughs> so uh, Marner is able to continue his power play goal streak with a, an empty netter, which you don't see very often. I don't think I've very ever rare. actually seen a, a power play empty netter. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, 6-4, baby. And I did not expect Detroit to pull the goalie again. I thought they would have just called it at that. Me too. That was surprising. But, and uh, I, I, I think with, oh, I was just gonna say, I think with how how the game was going, anything could happen, and how much, yeah, how much Mrazek was fighting it, I think they just thought, ha, hey, why not, right? Yeah. Uh, so Tavares goes in for uh, the other empty net goal with a nice little lob after <laughs> Tyler unvaxed Bertuzzi makes two beautiful saves. One, uh, one with his leg there, and then dives across for the other <laughs> one. That was that was honorable. But I mean, hey, isn't that Detroit's yeah. thing? Like, wasn't it them in that clip at the beginning of the season where like nine of them blocked shots in ten seconds or something? That... I thought his whole point was to avoid getting two oh. shots to play Canadian team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. No. You know, he's <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, he still ended up with a goal tonight, but we knew that he was going to be rowdy as hell. And we didn't, we obviously didn't see that last time they faced the Leafs, October 30th. And man, that first line flies, eh? With Raymond, uh, Larkin, and Bertuzzi. Oh, yeah. They're fast, man. They, and Fabry, too. Like, they were jumping on everything in the first two. They're like, you cannot be sleeping against this team. Like, this young, fast teams are the ones Mm -hmm. to be scared of when you're having an off night. Like, they may not be. Yeah doing that well in the standings but if you're if you're not having a good night man they will take advantage of it and cider's got a little edge to him the young german yeah yes i was a little i noticed a little bit of it last night when he was trying to take on crosby <laughs> yes i, I saw don't know that. if you guys saw the highlights at all but he was roughing up crosby pretty good too he was not so afraid. you gotta ha- ha- yeah it, it it's nice to see some of the young kids 
you know, standing up and proving that they belong, right? Yeah. This team is going to be very, very dangerous in the next couple of years. Uh, I really liked their signing of Ned and Ned after having a pretty good season with Carolina last year. Now he has the opportunity to build a foundation in Detroit. And uh, players like Nemestikov already said that they don't want to leave Detroit. They're having a great time. And we know he came from a team like Tampa Bay. So, you know, this locker room must be feeling great with their uh, current success. And I think it's just going to get better for them after a how many years of being on the bottom, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice uh, to see a future for Detroit after they had such a good run when I was a kid and uh, then kind of dropped off for a while there. So the post-Babcock era for them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, join the club. Yeah. <laughs> I like our post-Babcock era better than theirs. Yeah, me too. Right now, yeah, me too. But hey, uh, I would I would trade for more at Cider. Maybe not a ton of it, but that guy's good. With that, I got to find a button here because it's been a while. (laughs) I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. All right. Who was pretty, pretty good? I have to go with the obvious and go with Michael Bunting, the hometown hero. Uh, seven shots tonight, guys, on top of that hat trick, was, which is amazing. One face plant into the boards, which was funny. <laughs> but that, was so good. that was almost scary. It was, yeah, because no one was around him. He, it was like the ghost tripped him, and he just, even the ref was kind of like, oh, are you okay there, bud? Like, who tripped but, uh, Oh, no one tripped you. You've yeah, tripped no you. No one tripped you. But, and also gotta give it to JT. Man. You can't give two. Two more of us okay, have to sorry. pick. Okay, go ahead. Go can't ahead. take everybody that's good. Yeah, sorry. Well, I wasn't gonna take the obvious. Um, I've been noticing a little pattern with myself, so I'm gonna stay away from the player I normally pick. Um, and I'm gonna say Lily tonight. I'm I, I, I don't know what it. I, I, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but uh, I, I was impressed with Lilligren tonight, especially maybe it was just because I was expecting him to be hurt. Oh. Um, he showed no fear. He was jumping up. I didn't notice really anything horrible mistake-wise. Everyone's going to make mistakes, especially young defensemen, and most of our defensemen tonight weren't playing their best games. But, uh, yeah, I'll say Lilligren. No, it's, a, it's a good note to his resilience that – He's not, you don't have the excuse tonight of like, yeah, well, he's shaken up from, you know, Wednesday night. Exactly. That's a good one, actually. Um, I mean, obviously, Michael Bunting is the first star of the night. I would give it to him, too. Well, yeah. Um, I Steph stole that pretty yeah. quick. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, what, that's why I always, when I uh, start planning these, I'm like, okay, who was like the third choice? Because I'm definitely not going to get in the first two. Um, I'm going to go Rasmus Sandin because I got to congratulate the boy on his first NHL goal. Also, he was amazing offensively tonight. The amount of passes he put out in front of the net, even though nobody was there to grab a lot of them, there were so many chances Mm. that uh, he set up. He could have had five assists on the night if uh, everything had gone his way. 
Yeah. I've, I feel like every time I get asked this question, I say Sandine. So that's why I had to stay away from him tonight. I thought you were going to say um, Sandine, honestly. <laughs> that's why I was shocked. It's <laughs> like, really? But... Um, I wasn't expecting it to I, still be I, available, I, so I had to. I hate to burst your bubble, Johnny, but that's his second goal. Yeah. First goal of the season. Yeah. Oh, was it? He scored Jan- yeah. Yeah. January 27th of 2020 oh. against Nashville. I don't remember that. Well, thanks. Sorry. No, no, no. Okay. Blame it on the meds. Yeah. <laughs> Blame it on the meds. <laughs> no, it does seem like forever, though. And um, overall, I'm just so happy the Leafs got the two points and not in a you know, a nail biting situation where we're going to OT and then the shootout, they come, they came back in the third period with five straight unanswered goals. And what a wild this, game. <laughs> yeah. This is exactly what cup contenders do. Just like you said in our group chat, Bean, you were rooting, you were reading my mind. And, um, every time I tell my, or see that the Leafs are behind in a game, I tell myself, okay, if they come back from this game, I know they're going to do well moving further into the season and through the playoffs. So I'm so happy, especially against the Detroit Red Wings, where they have a history of not doing so well against teams on the bottom of the league. Now, how how happy were you guys to see the comments from Spezza and Keefe and everybody on the different players leadership so far, like Nylander stepping up and how Matthews has been in the room. Like I haven't been that, okay, I'm a hockey freak. So I get excited over the simplest little things, but I haven't been that excited over something like that in a long time to see this player. I have so much hope for and want to succeed with the Leafs so bad show full growth, not just on ice growth, but as a person, as a leader, as a teammate, right? It's only going to, benefit the team it can't hurt the team at all yeah especially when you look at these legendary teams that we grew up watching there was like multiple you know big name leaders it wasn't just one captain type person like you look at uh i mean even like san jose through their their heyday even though they never won a cup like that's kind of a similar build to what the leafs have where they had like thornton and marlowe and you know couture and whoever it was but uh yeah you know you just gotta have pavelski pavelski right you gotta have that core of of uh of talent and leadership but i noticed that too being when they said that about the locker room and that also just it's great to hear because you know the narrative in the first couple of years with the new guys was that they were little bratty kids in some sort of sense and not matured enough and taking these roles that you kind of would have have expected being especially in the first round draft pick but Nylander, though, I got to say, he's improved the most for me this year, especially on the ice, off the ice, even in his interviews, you know, he's just more present and just doing everything right, in my opinion. And finally, for checking back, checking, I remember the days where he used to just roam around, lose the puck, and then just turn the other way. And so many nights of yelling at the TV (laughs) because of Nylander. But this year, it's, it's a treat to watch. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, even since the playoffs last year, he's been he's been like one of the, yep. the leading offensive forces in this team. Uh, but with that, I just want to quickly jump over to uh, who you were going to talk about and also cover one of our Twitter questions here before we go to break. Uh, Mike at MTC underscore 80 asks, uh, can we people finally give our captain the respect and love he very much deserves? Great player and even better leader. Thankful to have him leading this group every damn game. So, Steph, you can expand on your your thoughts on JT. 
you know, Mike is absolutely right. Uh, even if he doesn't show up on the score sheet, this guy is an absolute true leader to the locker room, whether it's addressing the media on issues that the media didn't even bring up yet to um, that extra play around the boards, just setting everyone else up or to the face-off dot. He, his numbers are excellent. His five-on-five five numbers are elite. I think the last time I checked, he was top, top 20 in the league. So, no, the Leafs are so lucky, especially, you know, JT's going to be playing because he's a hometown boy too. That's just the cherry on top. That's kind of like Monk, Michael Bunting as well. So, no, JT is always a star in my points. eyes. 38 yes. points on the season. That's wild. Yeah. He, he's just, he's been like basically the textbook definition of consistency and what you want. Like yeah. coming into tonight, coming into tonight, he had 240 games played and 238 points. Wow. Unreal. He's a, essentially a point a game player with a C on his sweater in one of the most media crazy markets in any sport, not just hockey, any sport. Yeah. And it's a team where multiple, multiple players have high, high points. It's not like JT is taking the lead and taking all the points, kind of like a top six heavy uh, group like the Boston Bruins, for example. This guy is still consistent all across the board. And the Leafs are just so incredibly lucky. I'm so happy he's here for a long time. And what an example he can set for the young ones, too. Yeah, and to Bean's point about the media coverage, like we, it's like Kessel was amazing when he was with the Leafs, but they shredded him to bits, and the fans chased him out of town. Yeah. So it's not easy to be a point of game player in this town and be respected that way. Like he's definitely earned a lot from this town and the team and fans and everything. So kudos to Mr. JT. Don't listen to what those uh, UBS Arena fans say when you come back. They don't, uh, yeah. they don't deserve you. <laughs> I think one more point to add that to that, though, is that uh, I think people kind of give him shit because his first year he scored 47 goals. And then obviously he's, he's never been on that pace, but they don't appreciate the extra work he does on side of the play because we have so many goal scorers on the team. And yeah, I just applaud his defensive play and his ability to work those boards, especially with Hyman not on the roster anymore. You can tell that they've stepped up in that department. But also, 47 goals, that was the first time he'd ever got there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's nine more than his previous career high, and that was his first season not being the number one threat on his team. Yes. Every year in, on the island, he was the threat. He was the person that you had to to cover yeah he comes here and you had matthews you had marner you had Kadri, yeah right you had a loaded team yeah so it, it I, I i see what you're saying it's a good point because people are very narrow-minded they'll see oh 47 goals why didn't you get 50 the next year yeah exactly but it's it's tough and part of me wishes like when he had that 47 goal year, he played beside Marner majority of the year. And um, Marner's been back and forth between the first and second line. So it's like, who's perfect to be on JT's wings? I mean, Kerfoot's an excellent option. Marner's obviously an excellent option. I just hope the Leafs find those go-to guys moving forward and they keep clicking. 
100 percent uh with that we should close this off uh and go to break when we come back we're going to be covering our uh when we were young rosters so that's uh inspired by the concert festival that was announced in uh, las vegas this is kind of our nostalgia rosters uh like a three forwards 2d and a goalie if you could pick you know from your childhood so uh, we'll you guys make me feel old <laughs> yeah yeah me? so we're gonna do that um and then we're gonna play some belief or disbelief and chat some fantasy that is all when we come back thanks for listening to leaves late night Welcome back. Okay, so I just played a little teaser that that is uh, Eric Jason Brock's Shake Up the Hive. But uh, I'm going to be playing more of that as we build some new segments for the show. So uh, as I said before, we're going to do our When We Were Young rosters. So this is our little nostalgia in the feels. Players that stick out in our minds from when we were kids, whether it was from NHL games or, you know, watching... Lots of hockey growing up, but, uh, you know, we're all different ages, so these should all be a little slightly different. Bean is pointing to all of the uh, the names and <laughs> numbers of players he's got, jerseys behind him there. Um, so I'll go first. I picked um, my forwards are uh, O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill, because I uh, showed Overdrive, and uh, it's just funny listening to him now and having a different character in my mind than I had entirely watching him play and having having him as like a 90 overall on my teams and stuff I don't know he, he's he's so funny and uh has just changed my view of um of ex-hockey players um center I've got Sundin <laughs> because I mean he's the captain of the team I grew up watching I had a poster that was Sundin, McGilney, Belfour, and Caberlet. Uh, so uh, Belfour, spoilers, my goalie because of that. So those were kind of like the two stars I grew up watching. And it's, you know, something that hasn't really been repeated until now, I guess, with the Leafs. So they kind of stick out for, you take them for granted at the time, but then as the years go on, you're like, you know what? That was fucking cool. Um, Man, oh, that yeah. 03 team. Roberts, oh, Newendike. Oh. I was in grade three. <laughs> four? Grade four. <laughs> um, God damn and then you. I've got, to finish off my forwards, i got Kyle Wellwood because, uh, spoiler, it's just because of NHL 2007. There's like, a, or maybe it was five. For some reason, all of the really short players that had really high speed were like untouchable. So Wellwood and Martin St. Louis were like the best two players in the game. So <laughs> I always had Wellwood <laughs> because he scored so much. He would just work his way up to like a 90-something overall. So he was always on my first line. <laughs> and he had that baby face. It was just so nice. funny. <laughs> I think it was NHL 06 had a glitch with Lemieux. If you won the face-off oh forward, you'd score every time. That's amazing. <laughs> it's like that, have you seen that clip on Family Guy where it's like uh, Peter and, uh, and Cleveland are playing some NBA game? And he's like, okay, but you can't do the shot. He's like, what shot? He's like, you know the glitch shot, Peter, where you go to the line and it goes in every time. <laughs> and, he, and Peter's like, I'm not going to do it. Oh, I'm going to do it. Oh, perfect three. Oh, perfect three. Oh, perfect three again. It's like, ah, oh, I'm turning the game off. <laughs> uh, anyway, my uh, my defenders were uh, Wade Belak, who switched back and forth, but uh, I'm going to put him as a defender. 
and Pavel Kabina because I think they're just two kind of funny ones that stick out in my mind. It's just like not from the best teams, but I mean, Kabina was on the Stanley Cup winning um, Tampa Bay Lightning team. So there's that. I don't know. They're just funny. Fair. But if you're going to pick a defenseman from that team, pick I know. They're just... They're just names that, like, I don't know. I think I had cards of them, Sorry. too. And I don't know. My dad probably liked them, so he mentioned their names a lot. But that's my team. O-Dog, Sundin, Wellwood, Bielak, Kabina, and Belfort. I almost... Nice. I almost got my dad involved and got his his team for this, oh, but he couldn't get I back to me. Aww. Yeah, we should have got Ed's. I haven't heard from him, actually. Uh, what about uh, what about you guys? We'll go with uh, Steph's next. Okay. Um, so for my goalie, I had to go with uh, Curtis Joseph. Nice. This was my fave growing up. Um, I had posters. Uh, I think the thing that really caught me when looking back is that this guy was undrafted as well back in 1989. And he's had a wonderful career. And now he's currently an ambassador for the Leafs. So still love, love the guy. Um, Crazy life story, by the way. Yes. Read his, read his book, look into him a bit. Sorry for interrupting no. you. Just the fact that he accomplished what he accomplished is absolutely mm. incredible. Absolutely yeah, that. definitely. And I'll start with the defenders. Uh, just like you, Johnny, I also picked Nice, let's go. Uh, good, yes, great minds think He's alike. Huge. And of course, our... R.I.P. Such a sad story. I mean, they say it was a suicide or a strangulation. It's just you don't know what happened. And he was only 35 years old at the time. So R.I.P. Rest in peace. I totally forgot about that. Oh, my God. I wrote that down. I totally forgot that he died. Big story. Man. Oh, my God. (laughs) See, being we're only one year apart. Johnny's a couple years younger, but I knew we'd have some similar lineups because we grew up in the same era. But wait, Belak, Johnny, how'd you forget about that? This is like when did that happen? Sorry, the last two years I've kind of 2011. Pardon, pardon me that the last 11 years a couple things have happened. (laughs) Okay, fair, fair. So, Although, if you picked him to be I, on your When We Were Young team. I, I'm just going to play the COVID card <laughs> yeah. for this episode. Fair. That's, you get a free pass this time. COVID brain. Um, my second defender, I had to go with Brian McCabe. Just because he's such a well-known guy. And he, ta- I think he's in the top 10 for points of defenders the on the list. And even though they're... Yeah. And he was there from 2000 to 2008. He was presenting... He presented Team uh, Canada three times in his career, and he's just a common household name. Brian McCabe, you know he was a Leaf. Hey, Beebs wants him back. So, yeah. <laughs> One of my forwards I listed as Matt Sundin, just for the obvious, but I will move on to another one, which was my go-to player in NHL 2004 playing on GameCube, and it's Alexander McGillney. Nice. Uh, you knew that once McGillney had the puck, he was sniping that shit right in. And uh, there's still talk today about how he should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Every time they induct uh, players, it's like, where's McGillney? So I hope that happens one day. Million percent. Yes. Um, my next go-to has to be 
it's hard. This was so, so hard because I have four players in mind, but I'll go with Darcy Tucker just because he was our era, a fan favorite. And, you know, he's the brother-in-law of Shane Corson. And I actually went to high school with Shane Corson's daughter. Oh, she was in my grade. So I was hoping one day I would get the chance to meet her unk, but I never got to meet the unk. So that didn't happen. But, <laughs> and another favorite of mine, we mentioned him, Gary Roberts. Oh. So I just want to move on to another one. Uh, Gary Gary Roberts is obviously up there, but Owen oh. Nolan for me. I know he only played a couple seasons for the Leafs, but he was such an impactful player and things kind of went downhill after the lockdown and the contract situation, but I'll never forget Owen my, Nolan. Uh, my friend actually got so. a signature from him his first game with the Leafs. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Oh, the era of the Leafs trading away their future for a veteran who's got about mm-hmm. a season left in. Him. I know. <laughs> Did a lot of that, eh? But he was awesome. Uh, Mike he Pekka. Was awesome. Yep. Ron Francis, Owen Nolan, yeah. Eric Lindros. Yeah, I don't know. We we could we could go on all night. Yeah, and these were guys who were who were scoring, but also had high high penalty minutes. So. It was a different game back then, too, of course. Heavy, heavier game. Yeah. But now I'm very interested Completely. to hear your picks, Bean. So when you first mentioned doing this, a couple players jumped to mind. Um, and then based on the fact that we are Leafs late night and we are a Leafs podcast, I decided to kind of branch it off. So... With how much I love the game, how much I love all players, um, I actually have a Leafs and a NHL one. So I'm going to start with my Leafs one because there's a couple names that have been said and a couple that you guys Ooh. might have to look up. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so forwards, I'm obviously going to start with who a lot of people would consider is the captain, Matt Sundin mm-hmm. in center. Um, I was going from time frame mid mid to late 90s, so Sundin had to be in there. Yeah. Um, and then I went full out position as well. So my left wing, I've got Captain, captain nice. Crunch, Wendell Clark. There you go. Now, his best years were behind him for my actual memory. So that's a lot of, of my dad influence there talking about how he was with his first go around with the Leafs but definitely Clark on the left and then I got uh Steve Stumpy Thomas on the right wing okay wow Um, interesting pick Steve I I don't know why something about Thomas I just he every time he was out there I just I I just paid attention yeah I can't even really explain why um so that's my forward line and then uh, I actually went with two Ooh. Russians on defense. Ooh. So one of which is a little bit of recency bias because of how active he is on Twitter now, and it's kind of funny. Um, not that that should have an effect, but I did like him back then, and that's Danny Markov. Okay. Is he a, is he a little wow. Twitter uh, Twitter devil now? Yeah. I did not know that. So, yeah, Pat, Pat Quinn had... Obviously, we know one hell of a team, not only in the late 90s with the Leafs, but also in the early thousands. And Markov came in as a young defender for us, and he played really well. 
Um, and then this one, Johnny, you might want to look it up. Dmitry Yushkevich. That sounds familiar. That's a okay. <laughs> so from 95, 96 to 0102, he was on the Leafs and he was a, a stalwart for us. Tough, gritty. Um, there's a great video from the 99 playoffs where he just completely pissed nice. Yager off the oh, entire boy. game. <laughs> Yager was cap- captain of the Pens and he was just getting under his skin. He was that basically the kind of defenseman we need right now yeah um so there's there's a little bit of grit to my team with him and markov and clark and thomas so maybe there's a a theme there and then in net i I had to go with cujo potvan was yeah potvan was on the way down when i started actually being able to remember um and cujo came in like a bat out of hell on our team and did what he was supposed to yeah he allowed the Quinn teams to play that up-tempo, high-risk game because they knew that Cujo was going to stop it. Yeah. And then a quick shout-out to my all-NHL team. <laughs> um, left wing, oh, I got no. Paul Correa, who nice. has to be one of the most underrated players in history. During that time frame that he was playing hands down had to be one of the best players in the league especially when you consider his size and aside from Solani the talent he had in on the Ducks mm-hmm. Korea was incredible center I have Iserman because nice. Stevie Y you can't go wrong with Stevie Y the ultimate leader facing the the Red Wings tonight so perfect fit yeah yeah right wing right wing I initially I had Beret and then as soon as I wrote Korea on my left wing, I had to put Solani in there. Beauty okay. team. The finish flash, the speed, and 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 his his um, personality that's come out since being with the Ducks and retiring and coming out of retirement and everything, all the commercials he did was just absolutely hilarious. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, remember that when he first retired and then they did a commercial where he was on the phone with the GM and he kept shooting his golf shots into the lake. He called called the GM back and <laughs> said, no, I'm coming back. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, defense. You got Nick Lidstrom. It really a no brainer. Yeah, I don't don't have to get into that. And uh, Scotty Stevens. Okay. Jersey. Wow. Because. Yep. Oh yeah, New Jersey. Um, every single hit that you can think of, from any Don Cherry Rock and Sockham <laughs> video or anything, Stevens is almost in almost guaranteed to be involved in it. And then the first goalie that I fell in love with, Eddie the Eagle. Okay. <laughs> yes. It turns out I actually copied both of you with both my teams and my goalies without Amazing. having seen the teams before I put mine together. See? But we're not that Belfour, different. Belfour, not only was he skilled, uh, acrobatic, he could make every save you wanted, but he played with an edge. He wasn't a, a maniac like Hextall. Mm-hmm but he wasn't going to let anybody run him over and not get away with it. And he was going to, he was going to make sure you respect yeah, him. Yeah. Not in the, uh, <clears throat> now relegated to the AHL Aaron Delway. <laughs> Can I give a... Or the Bennington swing your stick at a head. 
I need to give a special shout out though to two players I was thinking of and it was very hard for me. I'm sorry to linger this on, but I just want to say Tai Domi's name because of course, how can you forget about Tai Domi? And also a player that has never left my mind, even though they've only topped six points uh, total uh, in a single year in the NHL, but 239 penalty minutes, which was the highest. Hey, let's go. This was the ultimate... Yes. Oh, man. I miss the days of Colton Orr. And when I was looking at his stats now, I was completely shocked that the best he's ever done was six points in in an 82-game season. (laughs) But I think that's just an honorable mention. Love that. Uh, I just want to also quick honorable mention from last episode, because you guys talked about the uh, the Iron Man streak with Keith Yandel. I uh, just want to give a shout yes. out to my uh, my family member, um, Craig Ramsey, who held the Ironman record from 1973 to 1983. Nice. Shout so, out. I think he's on wow. eighth on, or 7th or 8th on the list now since it's been broken many times since then. But hey, holding for decades. Cool. Nice. Um, let's move on. Belief or disbelief? Gung, gung, gung. So... I'm excited because I did not prep for this part because I did not look at the sheet because I didn't want to cheat on your lineups and know in advance. So this is going to be completely blind Good. for me. They're not that hard. Um, so belief or disbelief? First okay. one. There's only two. First one. Uh, Leafs will trade one of Nyes, Amirov, or Steve's. And that's this like within belief. the next month. I have to say belief. I think Amirov is one of the names that's been bouncing around a lot, especially if they're going to go for someone who's going to be very expensive. And this is a win now team. This is not let's wait for this guy to develop and possibly be on the top six in two or three years. And I know you don't like to hear this being because you're an Amirov fan and... uh I, I don't know if we if we have to move him to get that piece to go far this year. I'm for it, but that's just me. I'm gonna say disbelief, um, because to me, if I was trying to look at it like subjectively away from the Leafs, the only player that I would be willing to accept for a significant piece going back would be Matthew Nice. Um, no offense to Amirov. I do love him personally, but his stock has never been lower mm-hmm. than it is right now. He's not getting the playing time in the KHL. And then Steve's, yet again, as much as I, I love him, he's showing a lot of promise. I don't think there's the history there for him to be able to garner a big enough return. I think if there's going to be a big splash, it's going to have to be someone bigger, as much as I hate to say it, like maybe Hervinen. Mm. Um, I really don't want them to trade Niemela, but maybe Niemela. Mm, that's the one I don't want to touch either. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Like, kind of in between both of what you said, I would say I'm going to believe it, but sadly, um, because I think that this is a win now team, and I think that they're that they can afford to... I mean, like, you never want to get rid of one of these pieces, but I think it's it's kind of necessary to bring in something right now to fix, you know, that, that 5% that can be improved on to get you past the first round or past the second round, whatever it is. Like if bringing that other defensive piece in 
that bolsters, you know, Jake Muzzin on the second pair there. Like if that's, what's going to be the difference maker, then yeah, like uh, by all means sell the future uh, with an asterisk, you know, not all of it, like sell something here because we don't have the picks to do it. We already showed that trading a first round pick was not a good idea. So I think it's going to be uh, <laughs> it's going to be prospect and a lower pick like nice in a second or something is going to go for somebody. I don't know. It's it's tough to say, but I'm going to believe it. Sadly. As much as I would hate to say it, I would almost rather them part with Robertson than Nyes right now. I, I get that Me because too. Robertson is kind of like a he's farther along. So if somebody wants him, it's for next year. And I don't know if the Leafs are in the position to give him that ice time yet. And, you know, if it's right. for down the line when somebody has moved on from this core or, you know, we don't have Kasha or Comp for Bunting or whoever it is anymore and you can bring one of these guys in, great. But I don't think there's going to be the space next year for Robertson. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right there. Yeah, I totally agree. We have already better versions of Robertson on the team right now. And uh, he looked really good when he had his first couple games in NHL. And then, of course, he had the injury bug and things kind of went downhill. And his bro is doing super well on the Dallas Stars. And yeah, unfortunately, is. I don't think he's going to be there <clears throat> within the next year Maybe two. I don't know. All right. So belief or disbelief. The Leafs will trade for a defender and a forward. I There have been lots of conversations about forwards, whether it's JT Miller or, um, I mean, there's others that I'm forgetting, right? Giroux. Claude Giroux, yeah. And, uh, Hurdle. Yeah. So the names have been floating around. So do you guys think that we're going after a defender and a forward? It's so hard to tell because obviously they're all rumors and people have panned out a million and one situations of what the Leafs are going to do. I hope not for a forward. That's just me. But I, my gut's telling me to believe this. I feel like Dubis is going to do something and acquire a forward and a defender. I don't know why. I just, my gut is telling me this. I'm going to say belief. Um, with an asterisk, it'll, it'll all depend on how much cap room they can clear because we're right up against it. We do have at this point, um, a, a pretty, in my opinion, a pretty healthy roster, including extras. Um, defense is the main priority, but historically Dubis isn't, hasn't been afraid to add a little piece here and there, regardless of position. Mm -hmm. Anything he can see that might be an addition, right? Like you look at Nash, Foligno, Clifford, Muzzin, Gelchen, like it just on and on and on. Um, I think his main priority will be acquiring a defenseman to help improve. And then I think his forward acquisition will really be a signing. Hmm. And bringing Mr. Olympian Joshua Hosang up to the big club. Okay. Yeah, I think I think you're That's kind of along the lines there that I was thinking where I don't think they're going to trade for anything forward-wise. Like, they're going to make a trade for a four to four and a half million dollar defender. I don't know who it's going to be. There's a lot of them available, which I think is a good thing. Uh, drives the price down for each one. Um, but I think as far as a forward goes, it's either going to be from within with Hosang or it's going to be, uh, like a under $1 million kind of, 
uh, somebody who's going through waivers or whatever it is, I don't think it's going to be something big. I think it's just going to be insurance. <laughs> Pardon me. <coughs> if somebody, uh, thank you. you. If somebody gets injured, Bless I say, I get into the playoffs because I think what we've seen is that we like the group that we have. As soon as there's one injury, it's, it really throws things for a loop. So I think if they can have someone in the yeah. back pocket that can kind of keep the lineups looking somewhat the same, if, you know, no matter who goes down, I think that's their biggest, uh, their biggest win they can come out with. Yeah, unfortunately, I do not like the name Kerfoot being thrown around. I hope they keep him. But if Kerfoot goes, that means another forward is coming in, especially if it's a deal like Richie, Kerfoot and something, then it's definitely happening, in my opinion. But I don't want to lose Kerfoot. He's gotten to that point where he's, I don't know, he's finally ready to... I don't even know how to describe he's, it. He's so versatile. He's such a, a smart player. I bring it up every time we talk about him. He went to Harvard, <laughs> right? Like it, you can see it. He, he thinks the game differently and he plays it differently. He's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. He doesn't have any one quality that's the best and better than anybody else. But he is good enough in all of those areas. And you put it with his hockey IQ and the way he thinks the game. And he's a great player. He's so versatile up and down the lineup. I think it would be a ridiculous bad idea. I also don't think if you're looking at Giroux or Miller, I don't see Vancouver or Philly taking on, if it's Richie and Kerfoot, what's that, $5.5 million worth of salaries for yeah for those Something two guys? Like like that, I don't yeah. see them doing that. It doesn't help them in their rebuild. It's not like you can flip those guys. Like I don't, I don't think it's what they're looking for anyway. And I don't think the Leafs have the the prospects that they want to give up and the picks that are worth anything to uh, to acquire those guys. I just think it's going to be somebody smaller as far as forwards go, not size-wise, but, you know, uh, impact and contract-wise. And then, uh, like I said, a four or yeah. four and a half million dollar defender, whether it's Severson or Murphy or DeHaan or, you know, I don't know who it's going to be at this point, but. Yeah, I'm surprised Kerfoot, or sorry, Vancouver Canucks are, they're wanting to make a trade for J, with JT Miller in it because this guy has been the most consistent Canuck on the team. He takes faceoffs, he's on the penalty kill, he's on the PP, he plays center wing, he does it all. And he's experienced. And I, if I was that GM, I would not want to lose a player like that. <laughs> Talking from a fantasy perspective as well. well I mean so. he does make a lot of money and he's the oldest forward on the team so when they're moving towards having Pedersen and company take over it's I guess just kind of shedding the old guard but he's like 27 or 28 though it's not like Miller is like no, 38 or fair. 35 like this this guy is still young so that's why I'm surprised even though he needs to get paid at the end of the season because he's in his last year and I don't but think they want, they he don't deserves want to pay it him because they've got a bunch of kids that are going to be popping uh contracts soon yeah yeah and they're, they're still getting hit by the luongo um penalty i saw new well. jersey still paying yes. Ilya kovalchuk until like 2026 holy they now that one i don't i i can't remember I if that one counts against the cap so or not Um, I know Luongo counts against Vancouver, and Minnesota is going to be screwed with the oh, Ryan yeah. Suter and Zach Parise buyouts. They're going to have like thirteen million dollars in buyout. Yeah, it's brutal what they've set themselves up for there. 
Yeah, Schneider. Uh, so just to move on to fantasy quick to end the show off, um, the schedule has been completely screwed around because of all these postponed games. So the Canadian teams have an explosive February ahead of them. This was supposed to be the um, Olympic break, but now we've got the Leafs playing almost every other day. We've got the Habs playing every other day. Calgary's got a bunch of games. So, uh, I mean, now's the time to pick up Canadian team players if they're available in your fantasy. I mean, I picked up Tyler Toffoli. As bad as Montreal's been, he's gotten two power play points, the two games I picked him up, a goal and an assist. So can't complain there. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I've got Mikheyev uh, back pocketed. I had to drop Kerfoot because I can't keep that many leaps on my team at once. But, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are floating around on the waivers, and I recommend grabbing them. Uh, Vancouver should have never let Toffoli go. No. Just want to throw But he's probably not going to stay in Montreal now either, though I'm assuming move him yeah. for some picks. Yeah. How about the Eichel replacement scoring in oh, Buffalo buddy. tonight? You know I have him. Both I've got a uh, yeah, goal and an assist for Tuck tonight. Six shots on goal. Two hits, one block. He's got a monster night. I'm so glad I kept this guy. Also, Van yeah. Kane with a first goal of the night for Edmonton. Yep. Yeah. Also, um, Tyler Myers was just ejected for a hit to the head on Flames' Trevor Lewis. Womp womp. Yeah, it, w- it, it yeah, was kind of dirty. Um, but... Uh, next fantasy question. Who have you held on to all year long from the waiver wire that has uh, kind of cemented a spot in your roster there, Steph? Hmm. From the waiver wire, you know, I my go-to is usually Mario Ferraro for my defensive stats or Adam Larson because they eat pucks for breakfast and they hit like maniacs. So I know if I have guys like that on my team, I can afford to go for a forward who doesn't know how to hit but knows how to score a lot of points um but you know if you would have asked me about a month ago i would have said uh yesi Pugliarvi from the edmonton oilers because i definitely held on to him from week one all the way to about three or four weeks ago and when edmonton had their super bad slump and <laughs> i just couldn't anymore but yeah, they were my go-to, but other than that, uh, the rest, it wasn't from the beginning, so I can't really comment on the other. There's actually three that I've picked up really early off waivers that have just been on my team since, because I drafted kind of rough. Um, I've dropped nine, eight or nine people from my original team, um, but I have uh, Alex Kalorn, Ryan Strom, and uh, Mikhail Granlund that have all kind of been my, my like extra forwards through this whole thing. I mean, having Ryan Strom with Chris Kreider, uh, they play in the power play together. So it's like every time one gets a goal, the other one gets an assist. Uh, they do play together a lot. Five on five, not so much anymore. Uh, well, he plays on Panarin's yeah. line. So, I mean, he gets assists like crazy if he doesn't score. Uh, Mikhail Granlund as well is just an assist monster. And um, Kalorn, I mean, he's on Tampa, so you can't, can't go wrong there. And he's got 40 points on the season already. So, um, nice. he's, he's good on the power play. I mean, Kalorn's been pretty cons- consistent, so I haven't dropped the three of them since I, uh, I grabbed them off waivers. Nice. This next question hurts me though. Uh, who did you drop too soon? Well, Bean, who did you hang on to? Do you have an answer for that? 
Oh yeah, I got, yeah, yeah. I forget you're, uh, a fan, you're so playing fantasy dip- too. Yeah, I'm in three different leagues. Um, depending on the league that you're talking about, the one league I scooped up Devon Tabes fairly early. Nice. Put him on the um, IR. I actually have him in. Yeah, I actually have him in all all three of my leagues. Just love him. Mm-hmm. Um, scooped up Vitek Vanacek nice. off waivers as well. He's been nice. playing amazing for me. He's been the number and then one lately. A sneak, Sorry. Yeah. No, all good. A sneaky one that I've actually been able to pick up and drop a couple times because nobody seems to ever pick him up is uh, Anton Lundell mm. for Florida. Yes. So he doesn't put up a ton of offensive points, but plus minus is always great. Shots on goals, face-offs, hits, a little bit of everything, right? Kind of a category stuffer. Yeah. And then anytime you can get a piece of Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I was carrying Brandon Montour for a bit, but he's just not really doing it. He's kind of a defensive defenseman there and doesn't even throw the hits, so I had to get rid of him. Yep. Yeah, if we're going on to other teams of mine, I was just uh, going based off the league I'm in with Johnny. Um, the biggest successful waiver wire pickup for me was Tomas Hardo, Ugh. of course. Um, he's not a guy you would usually draft, and this guy has been on fire. And I have Mir or Meyer on my team on that team as well, so that stack has been amazing for me. Uh, so moving on to who did you drop too soon? I'll start Timo Meyer and Thomas Hurdle. So, okay, I have had this season Timo Meyer, Thomas Hurdle, Pavel Buchnevich, Toy Vuterovainen, and Jordan Kairou. And at different times, those teams have gone on absolute shitters. And and St. Louis was bad from the get-go. So I dropped Buchnevich, who I drafted, because they were not good for the first, like, month and a half. Uh, I dropped Mm Teravainen because he wasn't scoring either. Now, they're all in the top 100. And none of them are on my team, and I am falling from first place because I'm an idiot. <laughs> so those were my drop too soons, for sure. Um, Kairu just kind of was on the chopping block with waiver pickups for me, and I don't know why I dropped him because. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. To to make you feel better, Kairu Caillou was a minus three tonight, and <laughs> I was the one who scooped him from Johnny. Thank you so much. Um, and I also have Tarasenko on my team. So that's been an awesome stack when they do click and play on the same line. But uh, the coach down there, he likes to juggle the lines a lot in St. Louis. And people have been pissed. So if you read these players' profiles, chats, <laughs> it's wild. But um, a guy I, ta- I dropped too soon. Whew, who did I drop too soon? I mean, I dropped... Um, Today, actually, I dropped uh, Carter Verhage because I had to make room for something else I was doing. And I don't know if I'm going to have some regrets from that, but he's not a good PP guy. So he's not really fitting the bill for my team. But I don't know. How about you, Bean? I'd have to say um, Batherson, Tolvanen. And then Marty Nietzsche's. Yeah, I've got Bathos, but he's now out for um, the rest of the season. Yeah. Obviously, right now, it's not that that horrible. No offense, Drake. Hopefully, you're, you're healing well. But uh, I definitely gave up on them way too soon. Mm-hmm. Especially considering I've been hanging on to 
Mangiapani for yeah, the past Yeah, I had month. to cut Mangiapani oh. and uh, and Hyman both. Man, Mangiapani had 18 goals when Kreider had 18 goals. Now Mangiapani's got 19, Kreider's got 31. Yeah, wow. it's not good. How about shout out to Yahoo in one of my leagues for changing my lineup on me and benching Marner, Matthews, and Hyman for tonight. What? Yeah, so oh, when you pick somebody 10, 20, up and 30, it switches 40, your lineup around, over f- yeah, over fifty points lost. Oof, this th- yeah, that yes. league is a points league, but alas, I am still up three ninety six to three hundred five. So, wow. so I don't know if you guys use the watch list for picking up players, but I have one here. Um, is there anyone on your watch list that you waited too long on, and somebody else grabbed them? Hmm. For me. I don't use it during like, the season. I, uh, I've got, um, I, I just kind of mark players that I'm like, oh, I, I might pick them up. I'll just keep an eye on how they're doing. But uh, Troy Terry and Jesper Brat were both on there. Uh, Adrian Kempe, Trevor Zegris. Like, I, I should have grabbed them because they were all just floating around and I didn't. Yeah, I definitely slept on Huso, especially recently because i'm a yes. bennington owner in one of my leagues and it's been quite a shit shit ride so huso has been taking the number one spot and i've been real mad but i also dropped who was it someone else and someone scooped him up but I, I was also a person who held on to Kane in the beginning of the season, but then I we don't have NA spots in our league, so I had to drop him eventually to make some pickups. And Yeah, it has to come to me, but how about you, Bean, while I look this up? Because I also am in a lot of leagues. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, like I said, I don't really, I don't normally use the waiver lot, or the, the watch list during the season. Um, I use it definitely during draft time when we're doing the draft because we've all had that time where either we lose track of time or we don't realize it's our pick or something happens with the computer and we auto draft oh, yeah. like Neil Pionk when <laughs> Brad Marchand's still available Oof. or something right yeah um yeah it's it's that that kind of stuff's infuriating but yeah Huso is definitely one that I I slept way too long on um tons i i was lucky enough to get allmark in a couple of my leagues um and then held on to him now he's kind of hit and miss depending on the week he's either amazing or he's not Mm -hmm. this this year has been so so crazy and i don't recall a year that goaltending has played this big of an impact on my fantasy team same like i'm i miss the days now johnny you wouldn't know this you were still in school but 10 years ago where hey <laughs> sorry i'll take it <laughs> um like when i was first getting into fantasy your goalies were set you had broder you had kipper you had lungfist like nabaka mm-hmm. you had your goalies and that was it they were playing 60 70 games a season yeah you got off the board quick you got one of the big That's names true, and you yeah. didn't have to worry about it but- whereas now like at one point on any three of my teams, I've either had one or both Florida goalies and one or both. Well, I mean, Boston hey, goalies. before you call me, mm-hmm. the first time I played fantasy was 20. I started playing <laughs> fantasy like eight or nine years ago now. It was when I was in college at Durham. So it was eight years ago. 
so even then it was it was pretty easy it was like did you pick carrie price or did you pick flurry like it's kind of set but now like we, we started no i was just gonna say like Go you, you're picking up just talking about huso i have campbell and kemper as my two goalies and i have to pick up pavel franzus who's been backing up kemper and has been getting better goals against average and more shutouts than kemper has so i've mm-hmm. yeah Fran- francois is going to steal yeah, the so starting I've, job i've had to there. pick him up but uh of course he plays the other night and they win six to four but he did get me a shutout earlier in the week which is nice yeah and speaking of goalies um before the year started we had such high expectations for guys like guru bauer and and darcy these, kemper um Kemper and you know these guys who were top five last year and it's just been downhill but uh, a guy I slept on which I didn't regret after was Tuka Rask because he was on the waiver wire for a while but obviously he hasn't been playing great and a waiver wire sneak pick that I also have it's just coming to mind sorry guys Elvis Merzinklin's uh, Elvis there he was a waiver wire pick that I added to my three goalie tandem which i needed because now i have sorokin bennington and elvis so and sorokin was a lucky lucky thing because someone accidentally dropped him in our league and i had to snag him so i love this people ask our commissioner here uh hey i accidentally dropped someone is there any way you can undo it nope and she just grabs them (laughs) you're such a savage i had to my goalies are so bad i mean elvis he's the starter so he's going to get all of the starts unless it's a back-to-back and at one point i had varlamov too but i can't ride four goalies so no i did that at one point it's hard tough oh okay we're gonna have to call it the covid knocking me out we're at an hour and ten and to give you a little context johnny when me and my group of friends started our fantasy league we we weren't on yahoo at all like we literally had a spreadsheet that we kept track of points after every game and i emailed everyone what the what the points were after every game good on you okay you're in next season you're definitely in and i look forward to the competition i'll I'll add a fourth um i I think it was 2007 was our first year might have been 06 but i think i think it was 2007 can't imagine the team you would have had then if you could dig up those spreadsheets Thor, Thornton, Heatley, Broder. It's I always funny. got when Broder. I was thinking of the my um, when we were young team. Some of the guys I was naming, I was like, "Wait, Thornton still playing? Spezza still playing? Like, <laughs> wait a second, I'm just like wrong here." Johnny, I know you're you're almost dying there, but since we have been on the line and we're on this topic, I'm just super curious to know. Is there anyone in the draft that you go for and you draft on all of your teams? Like as a sneaky pick? Uh, normally every year there's there's a, a sneaky one. I, a lot of times I'll, I'll gravitate towards some player for some reason or another. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if I look at my teams this year. Obviously there's the obvious ones like it's it's tough two of my leagues are keeper leagues mm. um and i was actually lucky enough to snag Oof. matthews in both of them as rookie year Ooh, wow i got chirped so hard in the one keeper league because i traded a first overall pick phil kessel and jonathan quick mm. 
or I traded my first round, Phil Kessel and Jonathan Quick, for the first overall. Wow. Just to get Matthews, and everyone chirped me, and then he went out and scored 40 goals. That's a great trade. Uh, <laughs> right? Looking bad, I've had him since, so it's it's been awesome. Um, this year, it, it was kind of hit and miss. This year, I was kind of going towards Allmark. Um, yeah. I had a sneaking suspicion that he was going to steal the starting job in Boston away from Swayman. Yeah. And it's been kind of meh. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a year too soon on Andrei Svechnikov. Mm-hmm. He's kind of lighting it up. He had a bad year last year, but it was only his second yeah. NHL year, and uh, I had him last year, so I definitely know that struggle. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I had Sandine in all, all of my leagues to start the year this year because I, I love Sandine, clearly, because I talk about him all the time. Um. I've I've been streaming them off and on now and then, okay. dropping them and picking them back up. But it, it it depends on the year. There's normally definitely a player that I try and target, at least one player, if not multiple. Closing remark. <clears throat> the one guy. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> the one guy I went for was Sam Bennett, just because he's a sneaky player who plays on Huberdeau's line and on PP1, and he scores goals like crazy. He's at 20 goals already, 117 shots, uh, a plus 21. So, anyways, that's all I have. I was... Not not that anyone would be sleeping on him, but Brady, Ch- Brady Kachuk's another one as much as I hate him. But he's a first or second round pick, and he's not worth it to me. N- so Now he is, yeah. Well... He's a stat stuffer. Hits, shots, points, everything. Yeah, but not mm, not high on points, I guess. But the other parts, I'd rather have a guy like Gudis who will hit like a freaking maniac and then have some high point getters. But that's just me. At least Brady's going to stay not suspended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Sorry. I was going to say, Go closing ahead, remark, um, <laughs> do we think uh, just to, on the topic of, of fantasy drafts, is Chris Kreider going to be a uh, a first rounder next year after this, or is this a one off? No. In any league that I'm in, I hope he is. <laughs> Leaves some better talent. I for picked me. him thirteenth, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's a good pick. Really late, and as someone has who has had Kreider in every other year in my fantasy years, he's been kind of inconsistent i mean he got points here and there but this year he's been amazing 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 so that's why i didn't go for him because he's been kind of inconsistent but locked out yeah. there how overdrafted is oh zegris gonna be next year he's gonna go top probably <laughs> 33 he's a, rounds he's a great player definitely a great player but he is gonna go oh, yeah. way too 100%. high next year and I can't wait when it happens in our Leafs Late Night Fantasy League. So uh, if you love <laughs> how this went or or this whole chat has just confused you or intrigued you on fantasy, uh, head us up. We're going to start a league for next season. And we just want to gauge the interest here for doing whether it's a 10 or 12 or 20 person league. Like, let's get this real deep. We're going to have uh, 32 people and pick real real teams. Going to go all the way down to picking like Timothy Lilligren. Streaming yeah, Alex Steves. See, that's when you draft Sandine Bean in a very, very <laughs> deep league. Otherwise, you don't draft a guy like Sandine. <laughs> no, no. I'll take him again next year and he'll be stealing we'll be Riley's the power play time. Okay. For the, for the 1% rostered on all those players because our league is massive. All yep. right. So 
Thanks for tuning yeah. in. Uh, we have been Leafs Late Night, as always. Catch us again. Uh, when's the next game? I don't Monday? Monday. Back to back. Yeah, Monday New night. I'm, I'm still quarantining so I can watch the game. <laughs> uh, great. So we'll be back on Monday. Uh, I didn't do it. One second. I screwed it up. Oh, Fix the thing. Calgary's Calgary's leading Vancouver 14 to 3 on the shot clock halfway through the second. Oh. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Join our fantasy team next year. You won't. Rec-